0: Welcome in to the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide athletics. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, joined by staff writer Joey Blackwell, here to discuss Crimson Tide hoops. Footballs in the offseason. So we're gonna to touch on a little coaching things, maybe a little depth chart look ahead, but but mainly basketball. Mainly what streak the Crimson tide is on right now. Seven wins in a row. And lastly, it one being a thirty one point drubbing and just absolute barbecuing of the Arkansas Razorbacks on Saturday afternoon inside Coleman Coliseum. Joey. Uh, glad to have you on here, man. Let's get into it. Uh, behind John Petty making five threes, you know, there was balance scoring around. Got a lot of production off the bench. Uh, Alabama just just continued to roll, and and I mean, the Arkansas Razorbacks were its next victim.
1: Yeah, it was. I was, you know, it was, it was the most fun I've had watching Alabama basketball in a while these past few weeks. Um, just an incredible run that they're on right now. Um, you know, a lot of people thought that Alabama wasn't gonna wasn't gonna pull it out against Arkansas. Um, you know, after winning six straight games, starting five in an SEC play, um, people were you know thinking, okay, this will be, this is this is a make or break game for Alabama. You know, they're playing a, a really solid Arkansas squad in Coleman Coliseum. And, you know, based off of you know recent memory, you think, oh, this is a game that Alabama's gonna drop, but no, that's not what happened. You know, with the injury to Herb Jones last you know last Tuesday and and Jordan Bruner. Um, and with the absence of Javon Quinterly, people were concerned. Obviously, that makes sense. But, um, you know, Brunner will be out, you know, four to six weeks um, with, uh, with, his, with the torn meniscus. But Herb came back and played on Saturday, um, albeit wearing, uh, you know, uh, he had his two fingers on, the, on his left hand wrapped, you know. Um, and then uh, Javon Quinterly, <coughs> excuse me, made his return as well. Um, after being, you know, out sick for the past couple of weeks with an unknown medical condition. But, you know, <coughs> sorry. Um, this Alabama basketball team, though, has all the momentum in the world heading into LSU on Tuesday night. A really, really good LSU team. that They're going to be playing down in Baton Rouge. And if Alabama can get the win there, um, they're, this, they're, they're really the sky's the limit for them this season.
0: Yeah, obviously the toughest test of the uh, – I mean, outside of Tennessee is – is LSU this coming up Tuesday night? But the good news is, right Alabama's vaulted up in the polls. They're 16th. They moved from 24th to 16th in the coaches poll, and they're 18th in the AP tw- uh, top 25 right now, Joey. Uh, you know they start out. You know if they get a win on Tuesday night against LSU, led by Cameron Thomas, Trenton Watford, Trenton Watford, a guy from the state of Alabama and a guy who Alabama fans would love. Um, to get a win against, and obviously Will Wade as well, because Alabama fans, uh, namely you know Luke Ralph, they they don't they don't get along with guys like Will Wade, of course. Um, Want to give Luke a shout out there, uh, but we know there's bad blood between these two programs uh, right now, so it's going to be a heated game. It's going to be eight o'clock Tuesday night uh, inside the Pete Maravich Assembly Center. Should be a good one, Joey. Uh, you know, do you do you kind of have what's your inkling on what's going to happen Tuesday night? Does Alabama keep this streak going without Bruner, or or do you think maybe the Tigers uh, get one on the tide?
1: Well, I'd like to preface that with I think Alabama has the potential to keep this streak going um they could absolutely win this game I know the line just opened and lsu's a two-point favorite that makes sense because the Tigers are the home team I think Alabama's going to really miss Bruner in this game though you know lSU has a lot of bigs um Alabama with Bruner out doesn't really have you know and chiku of course out for the year doesn't doesn't really have any um, bigs to match up with them. They do have Alex Reese. and of course, Herb Jones makes up for his his size with his tough defensive play. Petty has been stepping up lately with his defensive play. But I think that the Crimson Tide um does have a chance to lose this game. I think if they do win, it'll be close. I don't think it'll be like these big wins we've been seeing the past three, four games. Um, but that being said, like I said earlier, um I think the Devbound pulls this off. It's pretty much a coast to the finish. But it's going to take a lot for Alabama to beat this LSU team in what might be its toughest game of the season this Tuesday night.
0: Yeah, the thing is, LSU is a really exper- experienced ball club. You look at it, Darius Days is a junior. Trent Watford's a sophomore. Javante Smart is a junior. They've got a couple freshmen who are in their rotation. But but the nucleus of this team is very similar to Alabama. They've got experienced guys um, all over the court, so it's going to be a tough game. And you know, they're two teams that score a lot of points. And Alabama's been shooting the ball really, really well from beyond the arc. You know, fifteen three shot over forty two percent from deep against Arkansas, and uh, it's just it's just really impressive. And it's really cool to see Alabama get in the spotlight so quickly with Nadodes at the helm because everybody knew last year, right? They were only sixteen and fifteen. They kind of struggled in non conference play, but and it's, it's a similar story, right? They, they 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 went four and three, and now they've reeled off seven straight wins. And it's just, it's impressive how quickly Nades has done it, given that, you know, they only had four guys on this team last year. There's eight newcomers on this team, and that they're having this success. And now, now that Jordan Bruner's out, and we all thought, you know, that that Arkansas was going to get them, right? There's a lot of people who thought, okay, they don't have Jordan Bruner, Herb's not fully healthy, Quinterly's been out. He's going to be a little bit rusty. They're thinking, okay, this is, where, this is a great spot for the Razorbacks here as, as a two-point underdog to come in Coleman and get a big win, but Arkansas had some size, and you have a guy like Keon Ambrose Hilton, the freshman, come off the bench, just absolutely posterized the seven foot three Connor Vanover for uh, for Arkansas in a, in a Sports Center top 10 type play. And then you've got Darius Miles come in and give you double digits. You've got Jawan Gary coming off the bench. So, really, just this overall production, I mean, just the depth is outrageous, and it's kind of showing already this year when you're playing nine, ten 10 deep guys. And could you imagine, Joe, could you imagine right now if they had Alex Chiku out there on the court?
1: if if they had Alex Chiku, I mean, this would be a final four type team, if not better. Um, They're really missing him, but at the same time, well, they're not really missing him. Let me me rephrase that. They're not really missing him, but at the same time, the amount of depth that he could add another player that I think needs to step up in this upcoming game is James Rojas. You know, he's been kind of quiet the past three or four games. I'm not saying that he's due um, to come back and have a great game, but in a, in a, in a huge game, Um, against LSU where you need the big guys to step up, I think this could be an opportunity for Rojas to take advantage of that and to really make a statement um, on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, defensively, only they're allowing over 70 points a game. I think Alabama's going to be able to exploit that. They're allowing opponents to shoot over forty percent from the field. Uh, their three-point defense, actually, for the Tigers, is actually pretty good. So Alabama will have to take good shots and they'll have to convert uh, when needed on Tuesday night. I think Alabama pulls out a close one. I think it's really close though. Um, but they're able to win on the road. And and the thing is, the 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 you look at the teams uh, right now in the SEC. I mean, these road teams, right? They're 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 it, home court advantage is no more, right? With the, with the lower capacity fans we're seeing that all over the SEC and and I think I think the road team is going to get it done Tuesday night inside the the PMAC they call it over there in Baton Rouge. Uh Joey, let's move over quickly to uh Alabama football. A lot of off the field uh things going on, a lot of assistants coming and going. Uh Bill O'Brien right now, I know he's been talking to recruits. He is the uh you know, unofficial official offensive coordinator as it stands right now. But we kind of talked about this on the last show You have a guy like Kyle Flood, the offensive coordinator. He's gone to Texas. Jeff Banks, the tight ends and special team coordinator, he's gone to Texas. Charles Huff just took the he was running backs coach the last two years at Alabama. He takes the Marshall job, and I want to give a shout out to him. You know, he's becoming the first African American coach in Marshall's history to be the head coach. That's 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 incredible. And there's only thirteen black coaches right now in the FBS, and there's two of them. Our Nick Saban disciples, Michael Oxley at Maryland, and Charles Huff now at Marshall. So good for those guys, Um, and and, you know, so you have you have you have needs at uh, you have needs at running back, tight ends, uh, offensive coordinator. Well, Bill O'Brien's filling that role. Offensive line, I should say. And, you know, I think nine if you include off-the-field guys like A.J. Milwey, who's now at Arkansas State, if you include a Butch Jones. So they've got to replace nine guys potentially. And the thing is, they might not be done. Pete Golding has been linked to some other jobs. Holman Wiggins, the wide receivers coach, has been linked to other jobs. So, um, you know, it's just Alabama's annual, hey, we made the playoff, and now it's time to poach your staff.
1: And let's not forget that Charlie Strong is also departed as well um or at least or at least people are thinking is going to depart for uh Jacksonville and join Urban Meyer staff there. Um so that's that's pretty big for that as well. Um you know it's 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 always you know frustrating to see so many coaches leave but at the same time it's exciting to see them all move on. Uh particularly for me I'm excited for Steve Sarkisian to see what he can do at Texas. Um there will be a he'll have to deal with a lot with the boosters there and the and the a fan base with incredibly high expectations, um, but it should be exciting for them. And I think my biggest excitement, though, is for to see, you know, to see Huff over at Marshall. Um, he he kind of bowed out gracefully um, from Alabama in his time here, and he's done an incredible job and really looking forward to see what he can do uh, for the Thundering Herd.
0: Yeah, uh, I've got some family, actually, who who worked at Marshall. And uh, so, so we were already big Marshall fans all together and now even more so with a guy like Charles Huff. Joey, kind of turning it over, man, going into 2021, there's already so much turnover with the coaching staff, and it's it's not something Saban is going to be too happy about, but it's something he's adjusted to, and he's done better than anybody else in the country, getting new faces in there and getting them to compete at a high level. Uh, but on the offensive side of the football, we're going to kind of get into the offensive depth chart here. Uh, you look at what they've got to fill. They're losing, they're, they're losing seven to eight starters. If you include Jalen Waddle in there, that would be eight. They're losing so many guys on offense, Joey. You start up front with the offensive line, Dickerson, uh, Land, Alex Leatherwood. Le- uh, I said, yeah, Dickerson, Leatherwood, and then Deontay Brown. You're losing your left tackle. You're losing your center, and you're losing your right guard. Or yeah, so you're losing one of your guards, and it, that's going to be tough. Mac Jones, obviously the experienced ceiling caller, he's off to the NFL. Devontae Smith graduated. Najee Harris has graduated, uh, and then you're losing Jalen Waddle, who declared for the NFL draft. So, so Joey. On offense in 2021, where do you kind of see as the next big name and the guy who you point to and you say, hey, this is a guy who this offseason is going to get a lot of buzz. And then eventually when next season rolls around, is going to be the guy, the go to guy on the album offense.
1: Well, you know, as, as far as not necessarily go to guy, but I think the biggest returner so far that's informally announced he's coming back is Chris Owens on this offensive line. You know, prior to him announcing that he was coming back, you know, like you said, you have Dickerson, you had Leatherwood, and you had Dante Brown all going to the NFL. With Owens coming back, um, that really provides a uh, you know a veteran um, on this offensive line, a veteran that's going to have to take charge of of a this, a line that's going to be relatively young. So having his veteran experience coming back next year is going to help this this young O line out by leaps and bounds. So very good for this Alabama team to have him coming back. Um, he, he performed very well playing at center after Dickerson was hurt. And, of course, he also has some experience um, at other positions on the line as well. So he'll come in. I think he'll be very valuable to this um, Tide um, front this year. Um, talking about other players that are coming back, I think Brian, if if Brian Robinson um, declares that he's coming back, I think he's going to be huge. You know, Najee Harris, of course, last year, uh, before the season, you know, nobody knew refusing to come back. He was kind of a surprise, you know, uh returner alabama never made a formal uh, returning announcement just kind of showed up and started working out over the summer um but i think brian robinson has potential to do you know he's actually a lot of people's heisman favorites if he comes back um i think that he could really you know he he could benefit a lot from returning to alabama this year um and i think that he could potentially be this go-to guy now of course you also have players like bryce young at quarterback Trey sanders jace mcclellan impressed us a lot this year um playing you know in those fourth quarters um, against against um, other opponents, but a lot of excited. Of course, you always have John Mechie another guy. You have Xavier Williams um, It's just it's it's a really it's I think we're going to see a slight drop-off Uh, Well, not not slight I think we're going to see a drop-off in production this year just because it's gonna be a new offense trying to gel and figure things out They won't be as prolific as Alabama's 2020 offense was but I think this team does have a lot going for them heading into 2021
0: yeah, that's my thing, Joey. What what team will have the same production that the twenty twenty album Crimson title on offense will have? Not many, right? Not many will have that. And I think what I'm looking to, I'm looking at Bryce Young. You know you're a talented five star quarterback uh, who you know who Bill O'Brien is going to need to develop. That's going to be his project right then and there. Develop Bryce Young. He did it at Penn State. He had a lot of success at Penn State, getting the most out of those players up there when they were going through those the Jerry Sandusky scandal and all the scholarship sanctions. He got the most out of those. He's been gifted a Ferrari. He's been gifted you know a a luxurious vehicle to operate this offense, and that's in Bryce Young. (laughs) Uh, For me though, Joey, I'm looking at the wide receiver position as well. Uh, You mentioned John Mechie, you mentioned Xavier Williams. There's also some talented freshmen coming in like Ja'Cory Brooks, like a Jai Hall, like a Christian Leary, and then a JoJo Earl. So those four guys right then and there, they could potentially be impact players from day one because, you know, alongside Mechie. You've got a big a big drop-off with Slade Bolden, and that's no disrespect to Slade Bolden. I think he's a great gadget guy. I think he can do a lot of things well, but uh, in order to, to get the most out of Bryce Young and what he can do and pair him alongside of him, Slade will have an impact in some form or form some form or fashion i just don't know if it's going to be to the level that you know that even uh you know when you look at the receivers in the past when there was henry ruggs jerry judy Devonte smith and waddle on the same team i don't think slade can do this, some of the similar things and so i think his his role on the team next year is going to be you know kick return punt return things like that and so they're going to have to design gadget plays for him to really get him going because you look at this depth chart javon baker Trayshawn Hold and Ty Jones Bell and the four other freshmen. Those three I first mentioned are gonna be sophomores, but then the four freshmen coming in are very talented, and I think Slade Bolden's a guy who could who could get passed over, right? And the running backs, uh, Kamar Wheaton, a guy who's committed hasn't signed yet. Um, you know, he's just from Texas. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens in his recruitment as well. All signs are pointing to him sticking with Alabama, though. Don't want to scare any Alabama fans. And then lastly on the offensive line Joey, I love Chris Owens at center. You're going to move Evan Neal from right tackle to left tackle to fill Leatherwood's spot. I think Emil Ecuor will, will go to right guard. Uh, right tackle is interesting to me. I think Javon Cohen, uh the big he's going to be a sophomore from Central Phoenix City. He's a guy you you put at right tackle. He's 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 he was the number 1 tackle when he's coming out of high school when he was a freshman to sophomore, junior, senior. Wire to wire, the best tackle in the set of Alabama. He fits that mold. And then left guard's a little interesting to me. Uh, I think a guy like Amari Kite from Trustville, who's going to be—I think he's going to be a junior—and then Tommy Brown, who's going to be a—he's uh, going to be like a redshirt sophomore, could fill in left guard as well. So there's going to be tons of new faces, but then again, though, tons of talent.
1: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one more final thing we need—that we, that I'd like to say before we wrap up—is also, you know, talking about the tight end position. You know, you have Miller Forrestall, who might be returning. We don't really know. Um, if he'll return, if he returns, obviously he'll be the day one starter. I think for Alabama. But but what really excites me is Jaleel Billingsley. You know, Jaleel Billingsley had a lot of production late in the season. He was crucial in the you know the game against Notre Dame. He made some really some really good catches for Alabama. I think he could be slotted as the number one tight end for Alabama heading into next year. Um, but a lot of excitement for me from Jaleel Billingsley heading into the 2021 season.
0: Yeah, you know he he could be the next kind of Kyle Pitts type player, the Darren Waller of the Raiders type player, and, and Alabama definitely used him toward the end of the, of, of the season against in Kentucky, Auburn. Uh, we saw him really, you know, he had that big touchdown catch against Notre Dame, like you mentioned. But, but at the at the end at the bottom half of the year, he excelled and he played really good football for the Crimson Tide. Joey, thanks for coming on here, man. Next week, we're going to touch on the defensive depth chart, which should be a strength for Alabama in 2021 with all those returning starters. You lose a lot on offense, but you gain a lot on defense. Joey, I appreciate you coming on here, man.
1: Thanks, Tyler. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. That's Joey Blackwell. I'm Tyler Martin. You can find all of our work at BamaCentral.com, the Sports Illustrated home for all Crimson Tide athletics. Thank you for listening to the All Things Bama podcast.